You're listening to the Domecast, where news and observer journalists take a look back and forward in North Carolina politics. Greetings and welcome to Domecast, the News and Observer Politics Podcast. I'm Don Vaughn, here with Danielle Battaglia and Colin Campbell. It's three of us this week. Um, it's been a crazy week. We maybe are a week out of the end of the session, maybe not. That's what's fun about the legislature. Yeah, I asked know. Phil Berger about it. It made him give me a percentage chance that we adjourn by the end of next week, and he told me 75%. Um, so, and the Speaker Moore said, next week, week after, who knows? So we shall see. Well, horseshoes and hand grenades, um, as far as things being close to Yeah, you know. What does that um, mean? Is that a southern phrase? <laughs> no, it's um, close only counts in horseshoes mm-hmm. and hand. It's pretty grim because, you know, grenades obviously are grim. And yeah. <laughs> there are other things that count, I suppose. Although I've had, like somebody said once to me that luck is measured in inches and I uh interviewed our World War II veteran who said actually it's more like centimeters <laughs> because whether or not you live or die but well that was a bit depressing so let's yeah, talk about a um, fun start to the podcast. right right so um today the senate was talking about freedom a little bit about Juneteenth but mostly about parades and fireworks and the rest of the week has been pretty crazy like yeah. I've almost forgotten like what all the stories like Monday night was crazy I wrote like three stories on Monday I don't, I don't really remember like... Monday night yeah we were here late that's all I really remember we've been here late a lot oh the senate let's start speaking of um Juneteenth or um you know historic moments in this nation's history um a surprise amendment on the senate floor funded the African-American monuments at the capitol 2.5 million dollars and then 1.5 million dollars for Freedom Park which if you're not familiar with the location, if you're walking from the governor's mansion to the back door of the General Assembly, there's like a whole block that has um, crime victims memorial. So it's kind of like a low brick wall, and then there's sort of a gravel parking lot and a weird concrete Like pagoda-y thing. structure. Yeah, we there's some flowers. It it's um, sort of a weird piece of yeah. property that's going to turn into something um, really, really cool. So that was a surprise, but they... Um, they funded the $4 million of that, but that hasn't gone to the House yet. That's in House Committee on Monday, last time I checked, I think. Um, so that's a big, big change. And then all kinds of reopening, I guess. I would say reopening was the big topic this week more than anything. Yeah, they have kind of a little bit of everything, sort yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, house. they're, they're done to multiple tracks. I mean, they've got the, you know, I'd say probably three main themes. You've got some of the criminal justice reform pieces that seem to be going through with bipartisan support, although I think we've seen most of those. There's not been any new ones that are in the works now. Mm-hmm. Things like expungements and... Right, uh, Second Chance Act. So things that seemed like they were going to happen last session and then for one reason or another didn't actually because I was finish the job. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to wait for you, Danielle. Exactly. Right? Or wait well, for there, protests. There's one moment in the Senate, I think it was this week, or like, a, you know, we were saying like everything runs together where I was like, I could stand up and give their speeches for them. This is the rehash of the oh, 2019 yeah. budget argument. Yeah. Oh, the teacher bonuses. Yeah, oh, that's my right. Goodness. Yeah. Yes. Forgot almost forgot. happened. <laughs> really so much, you know. $350 coming the way of teachers if the governor doesn't veto it, but Democrats would like that to be a bigger number. Um, speeches even on DSS were like all the same from every, I know that's brand new to you guys, but all the same for what I was hearing for the last couple yeah. of Right, the headquarters, which we knew wasn't going to move to um, Granville County anymore yeah. anyway, since there was no budget, but now there's actually funding for 
it to stay in its um, the original plan to move from Dix Park, but within Wake County, probably Blue Ridge Road, which is what the they were looking at before. So it really was sort of a repeat of last summer, but like crammed in all together. And people were both like jokey and irritated by each yeah. other, I think, like us sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I've heard multiple lawmakers sing. Uh, One asked me to write a movie about his life. Yeah, yeah it's kind of this like weird summer pandemic delirium situation yeah. over there. It's like everyone's tired. We're all stressed out by what's going on in the world right now. I'm sure they are too. And so there's this like weird mix of silliness and like airings of grievances of years past like it's, oh, yeah. it's almost you know we all want to sort of return to some sense of normalcy at some point i think we all crave that and for lawmakers that's partisan debates about things they talked about last year right but i mean that is like the sense of normalcy and yeah. you know they are the state government and they should be you know governing be governing yeah. and in charge of public policy and you know passing bills and so it, yeah it was like it, not even just the rehash but like more of a a regular session just like very much condensed and so condensed that we could finish a week for now probably not i mean you know yeah, we shall see i mean depends how many late nights they want to work which you know As fingers crossed for nothing I mean, how many late nights do we work this week you know oh, how, how late are we going home next week oh, you know, I don't uh, know. tell us senators and <laughs> yeah. members this is the resident newbie i think i felt like i finally figured out their schedule and then they threw me off this week with how much they crammed in and also we're here on a friday well last year was my first session and that was weird it was like it went on forever and ever and ever and then came back in the new year for one day and so there wasn't all like i admit i have a little bit of like oh no it's over already even though they could come back later with you know talk about money and stuff but last year it was like Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, we were in session from January through the end of October, and it just never seemed to stop. Um, So if this is actually a short session, which is, you know, what it is in theory, but sessions have not been short for a while. But even though, you know, the short session two years ago, they left and came back and left and came back. And in the end, you know, they were only adjourning Sunny Die a couple days out from the new year. It was like before or after Christmas they were here and doing the ceremonial hanky drop. So we'll see if that when they get done in the next couple of weeks, if they're done, done, um, or if, you know, the circumstances of the world forced them back to do I think they something COVID-related or budget-related. Well, they have to come back for money. I mean, yeah. they've said since, like, that very first week when they, or even in their remote, the House anyway, the House remote COVID meetings were saying, like, we're not going to really know our financial picture until everyone pays their taxes, right, which yeah. is July 17th. Or, excuse me, July 15th. I don't even know why I said the 17th, July 15th. Just stretching out time. (laughs) So speaking of the concept of time, one day after house session this week, Colin and I asked Speaker Moore about his very loud gavel and if that's mic'd. And he didn't tell us. It's so loud. So it startles you literally It's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's like, wake up, everybody. Well, like, like, I've you know, covered court forever, and I've never heard a gavel that loud. I want to know why. It's like there's yeah. metal striking in it. It's not just like wood on wood, I think. But Moore told us about the clock, um, which I don't think I've ever really noticed on the house Yeah, floor. it's this like old school, like... The hands are directly on the wall of the gallery ledge Wait, area. What? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, I took a picture. I was going to say, put up a You know, I took a picture like the very next of day. Course, yeah. you know? <laughs> put it on Instagram. But yeah, Moore explained to us that he has a key and he can stop time. Um, so if, you know, the 
they're running over and they need to get something done today or there's a deadline to like adjourn by a certain time um, and they're not getting there, all he has to do is go up to this clock, turn the key, and time is stuck. But there was something, because we were talking about this in the press room and Gary Robertson, you know, the Associated Press reporter, was telling us that there's something very specific about he can do it at like by nine, yeah, well, he, he can't do it at midnight. That he can stop time, but he can't change what day it is. So if it gets to 11.59 and he needs to do something today... He can't, you know, make it stay today for another half hour. Um, but if it's, mm. you know, the deadline is 9 p.m. and it gets to 8.55, it could be 8.55 for a very long time. So that was something, like, new I learned this week, which I thought was pretty cool. And There's a really great court story along those lines that when I'm not tired, I will tell you all. It's great, though. <laughs> but clocks I can't remember it. Good. I like clocks. Like, when I, my first newspaper job was the News Messenger in Christiansburg, Virginia, which is next to Blacksburg. I went to Virginia Tech. And I've only just remembered this now, but I wrote a column about how I thought that Virginia Tech and the town of Blacksburg should have a clock tower about like how super awesome that would be. And my column was just listing all the reasons of why that would be cool. It was going to be made out of hokey stone. I think oh, I had like where it should be, like on Main Street and everything, which were the original gates to campus. On brand yeah. thing I've ever heard. So you it's so on brand. And then like you know, I moved here and we're surrounded by towers and clock towers and yeah, like I love Chapel all Hill, of that. There's the, U- the NC State Bell yes, Tower. Yes, yeah. I love it. Do you I love like it so much. It's oak great. towers out here. Hmm? Do you like the oak towers in front? Oh, downtown city like, plaza what is, ones. What is going on there? It's they a little weird. They play their music and sometimes light up in colors. I liked. Yeah, whenever I came to the Acorn Festival and they were all colorful and there was music pumping. I mean, there's no clock tower. There's one There's one building on Duke's campus if you're walking kind of from the chapel over to Cameron Indoor where it's like through some sort of quad of dorms and there's just a clock up there. And I'm like, look how awesome this is. Like, do these students even appreciate that they go to Hogwarts, essentially, you know? I always liked anything fancy on my college campus, so... We had, we had a... It was a, what do you call it, that thing where the sun, this is how tired I am, where the sun hits and it tells you. Sundial? Sundial. Sundial, and it says count only the happy hours, and it's hidden like in all these bushes that have overgrown it, but I love it, and I'm all like, oh. (laughs) Commemorative items. (laughs) Anyway, moving on from clocks, I guess, it's, you know, this is what happens when the rest of our crew is not here, we just devolve into clock talk. Yes. This is the clock cast. (laughs) I can talk about clocks longer. I've also written back when I was a community columnist things over the years about parades, um, yeah. which came up parades. in the Senate today. Not just about how awesome parades are, because everybody knows yeah, that. It was a partisan debate about <laughs> parades, which you well, know, if you told me that a year ago, I'd be like, what? But um, it wasn't a partisan debate about parades. It was a partisan debate over I, a reopening bill, yeah. which is what all of Everyone agreed that they loved parades. Everybody loves the 4th of July. I made the mistake. You weren't here for this, but Don Davis this morning in committee had voted against this bill. And I said, why'd you vote against? That's Ben Clark. I'm sorry, Ben Clark. Oh, yeah. Why am I getting everyone confused? Ben Clark. And, uh... I was like, hey, did you vote against um, uh, Fourth of July parades and other festivities? And he's like, no, I voted over the, them taking away the governor's power. Right. I was like, right. Well, every it. single one of these reopening bills has something there, you know, some yeah. little like extra thing. And none of, I don't think a single one of these has been a straight, clean bill of this is the only thing that it does. It has nothing to do with, we're really unhappy with. Cooper, so we're going to add this thing in here, and I think, but some Democrats have supported, I mean, I think, I think all Republicans have supported all the reopening bills, I don't remember anyone that didn't, most Democrat 
Well, some, I don't know. It, it yeah. kind of depends on which one. Sometimes it's been, even with the, um, not a reopening, but a partisan bill with the teacher uh, bonus. I talked to um, uh, Democratic leader Jackson after, and he said, you know, they did not official caucus position. It was kind of half and half of like, yes, you would like a bigger bonus, but you want them to have this, but it should be this and that. And so there are some things where the caucus just, you know, votes however they feel like for their, I guess, long range plan is, right, versus what they want specifically in it. But all of these reopening bills have like a little something in there that um, probably makes some of them, some of the Democrats not vote for it for party reasons, Yeah, I think. well, that was an interesting one when I was listening to the newest one that rolled out this week, which is amusement parks and event venues like, you know, wedding reception halls and that sort of thing. Uh, it was really interesting because the you know, the sort of marquee aspect of that is probably amusement parks because those are big, like, carowinds and stuff like that. Um, but the bulk of the people who spoke about it were from these event venues, and their argument was, hey, you know, restaurants are open. We feel like we can open fairly safely because, one, we've got, you know, events list of people who are coming here. We can contact Trace if there's an outbreak. We're, you know, we're not trying to sanitize it between customers. We're sanitizing for, for one big event, and then everyone goes home. Um, and they were willing, I think, also to do temperature checks of every customer, which is something that you haven't seen from the uh, businesses that are currently open for the most part. Uh, so they were sort of making a case for like, hey, we can reopen safely. Um, but the problem was for the Democrats and Senator Gladys Robinson from Greensboro expressed this viewpoint. She said, you know, I like this idea of reopening the venues. It seems like you've done your homework. It seems like you're going to do it responsibly. But I'm uncomfortable with amusement parks because that just seems like a whole different can of worms. Um, but those are smushed together in one bill. Yeah. Um, and so I think what you're going to see is opposition to the amusement parks end up kind of ruining things for the prospects of these, you know, event venue type people getting what they want. Yeah. Part of it is like, if you want reopening faster, why not put all this in one bill, but even separating it or separating it, all these bills, there's always still too much. Like just what you were saying, that that's enough that somebody doesn't like one aspect of it. You know? Yeah. Well, I almost wonder, so I know there's uh, from Senator Berger, there's at least one more coming next week. Um, and I asked him, you know, what, what specific industries do you want to keep open? I think the, the remaining things on the list that I can think of that are suing or the closed or unhappy about it are like movie theaters, strip clubs, trampoline parks, axe throwing maybe. Um, so those are all kind of a little bit niche. I don't know if that's what they're going for. Uh, but what was interesting was Berger telling me that he thought that Cooper should open literally everything with some sort of protocols, be that lower capacity or masks or whatever. But he doesn't think there should be any businesses that are closed. So I almost wonder if we're not going to see some sort of like mega reopening bill which just like everybody can open well why is there a bill just about reopening these specific places instead of a bill that says basically what they're trying to do with this is not have winners and we don't losers. like the yeah. we don't like what the <laughs> i've heard that talking point a few times winners and losers Pick well they don't like what the reopening plan is yeah and yeah. we'll find out and maybe even well we don't have so earlier in the week um governor cooper and dhhs secretary dr cohen said that they would say something it was like the words were like at the start of the week or the beginning of the week or something about next week. But by the time um, the press conference on Thursday, they just said next week. So with when one of my questions for them was what day next week? And Cooper said like he didn't he wouldn't say a day yet. So we don't know. It's probably not Monday. Um, maybe initially they planned on saying something Monday or Tuesday and then now it'll be later. Um, you know, eventually we'll find out when they put a schedule out and say what, um, uh, sometimes it'll say COVID update and sometimes they'll actually give a little bit about what, um, what they're going to include in it. But 
Um, and one of the, I guess it was the Senate debate, they were um, talking about one of the Republican senators was saying um, that businesses like aren't sure and don't know and they can't trust this phase plan because it can change and they want, you know, some real like very clear, like clarity on are they going to open or not, where if you look at, you know, Cooper and Cohen's reasoning, they'll say, well, it's changed some because the numbers have changed, that the, you know, the data that they're choosing to use um, to assess reopening is is changing. So I don't think there's going to be any sort of, and I'll, I'll, you know, put my money on their announcement next week is going to be, again, like a the whole phase or this is what we want and people are not going to be happy about it. I don't think, Yeah. you know, no, either side. Yeah. I mean, Cooper's you know? floated that idea of a phase 2.5. So I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, he's probably under enough political pressure to make some change to what the restrictions are. Um, and I would be curious since his talk this week about really promoting wearing of mask, if it wouldn't be, Hey, we're going to reopen more, but we're going to have a statewide mask mandate. And he didn't. And a couple, you know, reporters, we are questions and follow-ups were about, you know, the city of Raleigh one that goes into effect, if there's no enforcement and there's no penalty, you know, what's the point? Like if everyone wore a seatbelt so you wouldn't die in a car crash, like, but, but it ended up being a law because people weren't doing it. So it's the balance of how much do you think the government should make you do something for public health versus is it up to you or not? And then politically, they're thinking, well, who's it going to come back on? You know, people, are they going to look at every single, you know, 170 lawmakers to blame for something? Or are they going to blame, like, the most recognizable, you know, state government name? Well, I like um, that you pointed at me during that. <laughs> I, was like, I was talking with my hands, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> pointed at Daniel, but I hadn't met the governor. Please don't blame me. <laughs> so I think there are, you know, there are multiple things at play as far as, um, I, I think in one of the questions, maybe it was my question, I can't remember who asked it, but it was about the reopening bills. And Cooper said something about, you know, it's easy to pass these without dealing with the consequences. But, of course, all the lawmakers and all of, you know, the residents of North Carolina deal with the consequences. But as far as who who's going to be blamed or praised for something. And so I don't think that any politician makes any decision without thinking about how, how that's going to look for them, you know, Well, didn't we see all. that in the, their own building this week when they got rid of the temperature checks? Yeah, I mean, you wrote about yeah. that, the issue with the... We've been having our temperature checked, and we get these cool little stickers on our badges that show that we are fever-free for the day. I've been collecting them, so I know how long I've been. Uh, and as of this week, mm-hmm. suddenly they stopped doing that, um, and you know that the, turned out to be... Yeah, the Democrats weren't happy. They they were already asking for more safety procedures within the building, and then when that happened, um, they basically said could be retaliation. Others said not retaliation. But either way, the temperature checks are back as of... Starting Monday, I think. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. Well, we'll get our temperatures checked, and then things can get heated on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we can continue to have the debate over how many people are wearing masks at the legislative building. And, right. Because, you know, the city of Raleigh has the mandate, but the legislature is this sort of, like, sovereign state within the city, at least according to their own legal ter- interpretation. So they don't have to follow Cooper's executive orders. They don't have to follow a, you know, mayoral order, even though they sit smack in the middle of Raleigh. Did they look that up specifically for that reason, or did they already know that? I think they did, because if you remember, back at the beginning of COVID, the legislative cafeteria was allowing dine-in service until one of the cafeteria staff got COVID. um, And that was well after, you know, Cooper had closed uh, restaurant dining rooms. And even after that, the members-only dining room was open at a limited capacity. Uh, 
up all the way up until you know restaurants were allowed to reopen. Where's that at? It's like behind the public cafeteria seating area. Ah. Yeah, they have a special room for themselves. Do they have better food? I think it's the same food, but like they'll actually get served like. So they can. They don't have to talk to us or anyone else yeah, if they want to go. Yeah, the idea is you know they don't want to sit out there where lobbyists could bother them while they're eating lunch. And... Well, the other thing too is you know these decisions like it's not just the lawmakers that are there. It's all mm-hmm. the staff. It's the it's us. It's a lot of other people. Um, to and I was just looking up our last week's headliner winner. Um, speaking of like same topic, and the winner I believe it was Collins. The COVID one through eighteen was that yours? Oh yeah, the quote from Wayne Sasser. All right, we'll be back with our headliners of the week. And we're back with headliner of the week, um, Colin, as we said before, one with COVID-1 through 18, which is actually not a thing. It was um, somebody's erroneous description of like 2019 refers to 2019, um, in case anybody didn't know that. But anyway, since it's three of us, um, Colin gets to have a poll question Yay! since we all fit. Um, so I'm ah. already talking, so I'll go first. <laughs> and Mine is, as I tweeted earlier, I just realized last week my loser was Teacher Wave Parades. So maybe (laughs) parades will win this time. But my headliner of the week is um, Fourth of July observances. And there's a lot of uh, discussion today, Friday, when we're recording this on the Senate floor about um, one of the reopening bills that would allow for Fourth of July parades and fireworks. So my headliner of the week is Fourth of July observances. And however you choose to celebrate the 4th of July, whether very small fireworks yourself that are legal, <laughs> if you just parade around your own yard, <laughs> spaced out, or put up red, white, and blue bunting, as I plan to do. <laughs> and I already have a lot of like America-themed decorations in my house. I really just put them all in one place like for it to celebrate the holiday. So but you're not on Pinterest to see my board anyway, on 4th of July. <laughs> Festivities. I'm, I'm super early saying Fourth uh, of July festivities on June 19th, but <laughs> it's also another historic day of freedom, which is you know Juneteenth, of course. So, anyway, Fourth of July observances is my headline of the week. I'm going with a bill that I know very little about, but it amused me in name only, not what it means, which was the Jello Shop bill. Woo! Because apparently people are selling ice cream and candy, is that right? Yeah, that with has alcohol in it. Yeah, and Jello minors. Shops. Yeah, because apparently it's not regulated, so you don't which, have to check if they're 21 and up. Yeah, so just the name of the bill is what I'm going with. Yeah. All right. We All have right. Come. Well, I just wanted to, to piggyback on that briefly and. Oh. Uh, Note that uh, I was getting a very good laugh at the names of the products that clearly look like they could be marketed to kids, but one of them was a alcohol alcoholic gelatin jelly gelatins or something marketed as slurp with like R's and no vowels in it. So I just you know I wanted to say that on the podcast. So you don't even slurp it if it's like a yeah it's, it's it's say it again slurp not as good as slurm from that Futurama <laughs> episode. I'm just really so. excited for somebody to like take that and like play it every time he walks by. There's your opportunity. Okay, well, you can vote in our Twitter oh, poll. Oh, hey, I still have to right. do a headline. <laughs> oh, you didn't have that? I thought that was your headline. No, no it was, it was piggybacking. piggybacking oh, okay, it was just Colin's commentary. Okay. I just wanted to comment on the <laughs> right, headliner and take more what time. What is your I'm going with church guns, which uh-huh. uh, is a bill that was uh, hotly debated in the Senate on Friday. Uh, that's a bill that uh, is addressing situations where you've got, like, a church property but also have a private school on it. Uh, schools, of course, are gun-free zones uh, in North Carolina, uh, and there's concern that uh, churches that want to have some sort of, you know, 
congregational security where members of their security team bring guns to Sunday services to protect against any you know attacks on their church or anything like that. Um, but they can't do it because they have a school on the property, so this would exempt those schools. But uh, a lot of Democrats had concerns with that bill um, for you know the gun control reasons that you might expect. I want to correct you because I think it was churches that are meeting in school buildings. Okay. Well, apparently, yeah. No, it's that have education facilities. Yeah. A and lot then, of churches have, like, yeah. a school Yeah, and it Mine it, does, which is fascinating. Yeah, it would apply to private schools. So it could be a private school that does host a church service, but it okay. cannot be public schools or universities. I could think I didn't write about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now I can say yes. go ahead and vote in our, you know, under the dome poll. Of course, we'll all retweet it as usual. And pick me. So we look forward to another exciting week at the legislature. Mm-hmm. See you all in the hall. <laughs> I'm Don Vaughn for Danielle Battaglia and Colin Campbell. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Domecast, a production of the News and Observer and the Insider State Government News Service. You can keep up with the conversation by reading Under the Dome in the Daily Print Edition or online at newsobserver.com. The Insider is found online at ncinsider.com. 